Hey, welcome to Church Alive. We hope this message is something fresh, real, and powerful for your life. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the message. Weekend is a powerful weekend in our church. It is our commitment Sunday, and I'm going to explain just quickly what's going to happen. I'm going to preach to you. We're going to see a video, and at the end of it, we're going to ask every person to hopefully you've been praying about this for a month. What would you want to give to God for the expansion of His house? And and uh, so whether that's a one-time gift or that's a weekly, bi-weekly, monthly commitment that you make from June to May next year. A number of years ago, we did a, a two-year Believe and Build commitment, but we've just committed to, we're always going to be growing as a church. And so we're just going to do this on a yearly basis and just believe that God's going to speak to you where you need it. Amen. And so I'm going to teach a fair bit today. I really think it's important that I teach a bunch of things and then I'll probably yell at you at some point. Is that okay? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. I want to talk to you though along this line today. May His voice be with you. May His voice be with you. We've been doing a series in our church. May the, may the faith be with you. And I want to say to you today, may His voice be with you. Because uh, it is the key to the Christian life. Can I get a good amen? Do you believe that? Come on, let's pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you. You're here right now. My God, your people need you. They need your touch. They need your guidance. They need your truth. I need it. So I humble myself under your hand. And I pray, Lord God, that you would enable me and anoint me to bring value to your people. Help me love them through you by your grace and by your power. Flow through your servant today. Flow through your son today. May your sons and daughters walk closer with you from this Sunday. God, may faith be illuminated and empowered in this place. Lord, may it find its, may someone who's never heard you before begin to hear the voice of their father say, son, daughter, come closer now. I've got you today. And so I pray for each one. I pray for one who's distant from God, not sure about God. I pray today that you would draw them farther by your spirit and they would learn that you are good and you love them. Come on, let's pray this prayer together. Jesus, help me hear your voice in every area of my life. Guide me, lead me for the rest of my days. Help me become the person you desire me to become. In the name of Jesus. Come on, one more time. Can we give the Lord? Come on, can we give Him a praise offering in the house? Praise God. Praise God. All right, slap your name and, te- and say this in your best um, Star Wars voice. May His voice be with you. May His voice be with you. I only thought of this last minute, so I'd like to show you a clip, but there is no clip. But I don't know if you remember some of the Star Wars scenes where Luke would have this all-important moment. He's normally flying. He's going to like shoot down the Death Star and so forth. And something would always go wrong. It's always like the buzzer beater. It's the last minute. And then you would hear one of his mentors speak in his voice and say, use the force, Luke. (laughs) 
And, um, and I do want to say to you today, may His voice, the Father's voice, may the voice of Jesus, may the voice of the Holy Spirit be with you because how many know life's too short to just do religion and do morals and do church? But Jesus has a life-giving, abundant relationship for you. It is for you. It's not for the guy next to you or the girl next to you. It's for you. And if you'll tap into that, God will take you on a journey that will be good. I've always noticed that God always speaks to me. And when He speaks to me, He always brings about blessing in my world. It, it, it isn't always the easiest to do what God requires. But I look back now and go, my goodness, I'm so glad I did. Like you just look back, you're like, oh, it was a good path you led me on. And uh, so I want to jump into a passage of Scripture in 1 Samuel. Um, it's really chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3 that I want to look at. I want to give you a bit of the backstory. Is There's a guy by the name of Elkanah. Someone say Elkanah. Elkanah. And Elkanah has two wives. Someone say, that's not good. <laughs> so he's got two wives, not just one. He's a little bit greedy. Elkanah's just like, I just want another one. And uh, he's got one knife, uh, one wall, knife, no, <laughs> actually, they had a couple of knives and I bet they thought about it using it a couple of times. But anyway, he had two wives, one was Hannah and one was Peninnah. And the Bible's brutal sometimes. The Bible will literally go, but he loved Hannah. And then it says nothing about Peninnah. <laughs> so I don't know what happened with Peninnah. See, he would take her on romantic dates, but Peninnah would actually have kids, but Hannah's womb was closed. And the interesting thing was, was Hannah, not only did she want kids, but when you're married to a guy and he's got two wives and she can pop out babies like left and right and your womb is closed and that's bad enough, Penina would torment her. I mean, no, that's not very nice, right? And she would torment her. And Hannah was a woman of faith and the, the desire of her heart was to have a child. And she would cry out to God and cry out to God. And she would begin to plead and say, Lord. And one day she said, I want a son. And she got specific with God. It's good to get specific with God. God, I found, doesn't answer general prayers. He is a specific God. He answers specific prayers. Let me share this story real quick. I just think it's so good. Many years ago, I read the book, Fourth Dimension by Yongi Cho. And Yongi Cho was the pastor of the world's largest church. He begins to tell the story of how God began to teach him faith. And he's praying for six months that he wants a desk and a chair and a bike. And he's praying for six months. He's in North Korea, sorry, South Korea at that time, very impoverished, just come out of communism. And, um, and he's praying that God had blessed him. And finally, after six months, he's like, I'm tired of praying. Um, God, what's up? And he says, you know what's wrong, Yongi? My children often ask me very inspecific prayers. He says, I want you to pray specifically. So he's like, right, that's it. And he says, I'm gonna, I, I, here's what I want, God. I want a 10-speed American bike and I want a mahogany desk. Um, and then I, I want a chair, but I don't just want any chair. I want, a, I want wheels on the chair um, so I feel like a big shot. <laughs> and then he said, I prayed and prayed. And then all of a sudden, faith got in my heart. Faith for these specific things got in my heart. And then within the next three months, a American missionary left South Korea and right the day before he's about to leave, says, oh, Yongi Cho, I have a present for you. I've got this 10-speed American bike. I've got this chair with four wheels on it. And I've got a, a desk made out of mahogany. Would you like them? Okay. 
He said, yes. Yes, I would. And he said, God began to teach him faith through specific praying. Isn't that good? And out of a desperate situation, Hannah cries out to God and asks for a son. And then Eli, who is the priest at the time, tells her, you will have a son very, very soon. I want to say this. One of the reasons why we, we need to be praying Christians is because God is not a microwave God. God is not a just throw it in the microwave and two minutes and it pops and so forth. God is into the slow roast because he's into taste. He wants it. I had some, uh, a rack of ribs last night or I had some kind of, what's that thing you eat, babe, at Paisano's? What's that one you love? Short ribs. I had some short ribs last night. And let me tell you, I don't want short ribs with a microwave. I want fall off the bone short ribs and they will fall off the bone short ribs. They were very good. And how many know that God wants you to have that kind of faith? I'm talking fall off the bone short rib, smells good, tastes good, looks good kind of faith. Like, like how many of you are just getting hungry and salivating right now? She's like, wait, we weren't going out to eat, but I am now, you know? But how many know that God wants your faith to look like that? He doesn't want this microwave, just like, oh yes, I just got, I'm here, and yes, everything just tastes wrong and short. No, He wants you to be a person that prays. One of the things I've been saying for a while is we pray boldly, we pray in the name of Jesus, we pray like it matters, but I'll say this, we pray perseveringly as Church Alive. Can I get a good amen? And the reason I I share that and felt like this illuminated me to me this week was on Wednesday morning, I often feel like as we are praying at men's prayer, 6 a.m., I encourage every man to learn to pray. You got to get around others that pray. Don't just go do it by yourself. Get around people. Prayer is caught, not so much taught. But anyway, at 6 a.m., On a Wednesday, I often feel like I'm praying and I kind of get this picture that we're breaking up ground for kind of a number of months. But then this Wednesday, I had a very different picture that it was like I saw this light from heaven just shining down on our church. And I felt like I I felt like we had this breakthrough moment. There was only a few of us there, but I saw something I've never seen before. And I want to tell you today, you need to pray boldly in the name of Jesus, but you need to pray persevering prayers. Amen. Are you with me, church? Amen, Mark. But Samuel is born and Samuel is actually given to the priesthood. Uh, his, his mother, Hannah, dedicates him. And literally at a young age, she says, Eli, here's my son. I've dedicated him to you. And God blesses Hannah. And she has five more kids. Like she couldn't have one. And she dedicates one to God. And God just goes, pop, 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 pop. And three sons and two daughters. And she eventually, someone who couldn't have any kids, has six How many know God's an abundant God? God's a good God. God will uh, uh, just stretch. He's like, I want one son. He's like, here, have six. Now, some of you are like, wait, Lord, that's a little much. Okay, there's college, there's tuition. I've got a three-bedroom house. He's like, have you heard of bunk beds? Bunk beds solve a lot of problems, don't they? But anyway, Samuel grew up at a time when the priesthood had basically been in disrepair, it had fallen down. And um, Eli is actually a king, sorry, a priest that does not really reign in his sons. The Bible literally says of his sons that they are useless men. 
That's encouraging, isn't it? You're like, how would you like to go down in the Bible? Well, useless. That's one word. Look at me. I'm, that's not encouraging, is it? And he begins this journey in 1 Samuel chapter 3 of hearing God's voice for the very first time. He lies down in the temple. And the Bible says that God calls him and says, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel gets up and he runs over to Eli, who is the priest, and says, hey, you called me. He's like, dude, I'm getting asleep. Leave me alone. Did not call you. Go back and lie down. Happens again. Samuel, Samuel. Runs over again to Eli. And Eli's like, hey, I didn't call you. And then all of a sudden, he runs over a third time. And finally, Eli says, wait, there must be something on this. God wants to speak to him. And he says, the next time that you lie down, Samuel, here's what you're going to say. You're going to say, here I am, Lord. Someone say, here I am, Lord. So I want to talk to you today about hearing God's voice. And I want to try and teach a fair bit. Can we have the counter going on so I know what time we got going, guys? And um, I want to give you a phrase on the Bible as this. The tool of God to speak to you is His Word, illuminated by the person of the Holy Spirit. Put up that quote just on the next slide. The tool of God to speak to you is His Word, illuminated by the person of the Holy Spirit. Why do I say that it's illuminated by the person of the Holy Spirit? It does you no good just to read the Bible. You actually need God himself, the author of it, to illuminate. Now, don't get me wrong. You need to read the word, but then you ask God for faith as you're reading it. You ask for insight from the author of it. Because how many know that the Pharisees and Sadducees had memorized probably five books of the Old Testament, yet Jesus said of them, they have never heard my voice which is scary because they'd memorized so much scripture and they knew so much of the Bible, yet somehow it was a religion, but it was not relational, right? When you come to the house of God, it is not a, a ritual we go through. It is a person that we meet with. Are you with me? Now, here's what the Word of God is going to do. It is going to teach you a truth about God. It is going to instruct you in a path to take. It is going to encourage you on the rewards of taking that path and it is going to warn you on the result of ignoring His guidance, right? This is what general scripture does, right? Haven't you noticed the Bible will teach you a truth about God? It will instruct you on how to apply that or a way to live and it will... um, It'll encourage you and exhort you like if you'll seek God. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. But then number four, it'll warn you after it's taught you and encouraged you and so forth. It'll warn you on the result of ignoring His guidance. Listen to what the scripture says in Psalm 19. It says this verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure. Making wise the simple. How many you need a little wisdom in your life? The Bible is for that. It, it makes you wise. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. They give strength to your heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Someone say, open my eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yes, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey in the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, there it is, but in keeping them there is great reward. Someone say great reward. Come on, let's say that together. And in keeping them, there is great reward. That is a real practical look of how God speaks to you through the Bible. 
But now I just want to shift to revelation moments where God actually wants to speak something very particular to your mind, to your heart about your particular situation. Here's what the Bible says, or here's a good definition of God revealing something to you. Revelation means this. It means a truth or action that is revealed by God that you need to receive by faith or respond in obedience. So hear that again. Revelation, this is when, have you ever been in church and all of a sudden you felt like that sermon was for me? I hope you have. That's why we come, right? Have you ever had a moment in worship you're like, oh, I'm not sure that, that song was for me. And, and there was someone said something to you. Someone just walked by you, just like, love you, man. Like, I just needed that. <laughs> but it's a revelation. It's like your eyes got a, a lit up and you see a truthful action that is revealed by God that you need to receive. We receive the gift of righteousness, but by faith or we respond in obedience. Okay, let's, let's go to this scripture. John chapter 16, verse 13 says this. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you. Someone say, guide me. Amen. He will guide you into all what? Truth. Truth, truth is important. Someone say, amen. amen. Right? In a, in a culture that says, live your own truth. God says, no, no, no. Uh, I'm going to guide you into my truth. And I actually know more than you. And you don't get to make up your own reality. Anyway, let's just move on from that quickly or we'll vent about our culture. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, this is the Holy Spirit, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Now, let me give you a few thoughts on God's voice that I think are important and I think are vital and healthy for a healthy group of people that kind of hear it, but then also know what it may or may not look like or feel like. Let me go to the next slide, guys. God's voice guides, it doesn't push. It guides, it doesn't push. It leads, it does not harass. God does not harass people, He leads people. The demonic harasses people. There's a big difference. He convicts of sin. He doesn't shame you because shame normally leaves you in shame, but He convicts you to change you. He reveals to you sin of your past or present so that he can deal with it now. You'll always notice the difference between the devil. The devil is reminding you of what you've done years ago or months ago so that you can't come into the presence of God. But when you come into the presence of God, he convicts. He says, no, 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 you said that. Let's deal with that. Let's ask forgiveness. Let's say sorry. Let's deal with that thing. Does that make sense? He leads you into boldness, not fear. The devil loves to lead people into worry, fear, anxiousness. I prayed for someone last night and God gave me a picture of her walking in a room and just saying, I'm so worried about this. I'm so worried about this. And, and I said to her, hey, I, I have this picture as I'm praying for you that uh, you keep saying and keep confessing in your house. I'm worried about this. I'm worried about this. God always leads you into boldness away from fear, yeah. right? He leads you to love, not lust, not use, not manipulate or control people. Right? He leads you to love people, not lust. Love isn't love. Have you heard that in culture? Love's love. It's not true. Love actually doesn't use people. Love doesn't manipulate people. Love doesn't control people. Love doesn't take what it's not meant to. Love gives. Right? Love, love isn't, isn't robbing people of their virginity. 
Right, literally, like it's not doing that. It's, it's I, just, I just fell in love with someone else, but you're married. No, that's lust. You've got to determine the difference. We're, we're, we're in love with one another. You've been dating for three days. That's just chemical attractions. That's, you may have some eros going on, some lust going on. You're attracted to one another. There's lots of people in the world you're attracted to. You could fall in love a thousand times. I'm in love again. I'm in love again. I'm in love again. Stop it. It's not love. It's just attraction. It's chemicals. It's hormones. Are you with me? He leads you to love. He leads you to forgive and not hold grudges. Jesus will always lead you to forgive and not hold grudges. If, if you ever say to yourself, I'm leaving that church because that person hurt me, just know you're aligning with the enemy. Right? He leads you to greater dimensions of trust. He leads you to greater dimensions of trust. God is a relational God. God leads you into greater dimensions of son, can you trust me? Daughter, can you trust me? And I found God trustworthy as I'll follow him. But how many know that he leads us again into greater moments of trust? And so that's what happens when we pray and give and things like believe and build. We begin to say, Lord, what would you have me do? And he's like, he puts a number on your heart or a, 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 a something on your heart. You're like, Lord, and, and I've always found this personally. He's like, hey, trust me. And you're like, but I don't want to. I'd rather trust me because I know I'm in control. I like to know and be in control. I want to manage everything. And he's like, son, are you going to follow me? I had an interesting thing happen. I got to go away with my daughter and it's pretty cool because she came with me to Cape Cod and, and um, I'd gone with Ben away to preach in churches before and in men's conferences, but never with my daughter. So it's kind of cool. It's like having a little girlfriend. Uh, with, it's so beautiful having uh, an eight-year-old with you and, and she's talking. And, and what's funny is we get into the hotel at one point and, and, and she's not hungry, but there's snacks there. And uh, so that means she wants so She's like, Daddy, that's snacks and snacks and snacks. I'm like, babe, we just had snacks. And then we're going to go out to eat. I know, but these snacks are amazing. And so forth. I'm like, honey, not now. Let's go. And, and so we walk into the mall and I'm walking into Barnes & Noble because I need to do a little work and she was going to do a little reading. She's like, Daddy, there's no snacks in here. <laughs> yeah, there, there's, no, there's nothing in here. And so she's walking in and there's books everywhere and so forth. How many know I can see a little higher than her? I can see, I've been to Barnes & Noble before, right? I know that there's snacks there. There is never a Barnes & Noble where there's not some kind of nutritional substance, some kind of snack that'll add calories to your world, right? There's, okay, I've been to Barnes & Noble before, so I comfortably walk in and, and she's saying to me this whole time, she's like, Daddy, there's no snacks here. And I said to her, honey, do you trust me? And we're holding hands and, and she says, sometimes. <laughs> And, I, and then that's the moment I squeeze that little hand and I go, you little cheeky thing. And, and, and I literally say to her, what? Daddy probably knows, honey. And then finally we walk and the books part their ways. And then there's snacks. And then she realized that daddy was amazing. Can I get a good amen? This is God. God's walking with you. God's walking with you. God's walking with you. God's walking with you. And he says, up ahead, there's snacks. Up ahead. And you're like, God, there's no snacks. There's no snacks in this place. And he's like, can, can you trust me? You're like, no, sometimes, not sure. 
and, and, and he's walking with you and he's trying to let you know you can trust me. He's trying to let you know that I'm good and I am the Alpha and I am the Omega. I, am, I have been at the start, hear me now, and I have been at the, the, the finish. I have been there already. And so I've been to Barnes and Noble, but I have not been to the future. And we walk with a father who is literally walking and has been to our future. And so when God says, do this, and we're looking at him going, you don't know what you're talking about. We're acting like a little eight-year-old little girl. That's why you come to the house of God to feed faith. To feed a faith that God is good, that God is Father, that God is for you, that He's leading you to good places. Can I get an amen in the house of God? And then we bought food. God's good. He knows what's ahead. And He's holding your hand. And he's like, come, come on, hey, uh, no, I'm not sure, come, come on, come on, come on. And, and the more you trust him, the more you find he's trustworthy. Yeah. That has been my experience with following Jesus now for 22 years, that as I trust him, he's just trustworthy. Yeah. And he's worthy of my trust, but that doesn't mean that I don't feel the nervousness. That doesn't mean I sometimes look up and go, Daddy, are you sure? Are you with me? Yeah. So let me give you a couple more thoughts on hearing God's voice. Samuel is lying down and God himself speaks to him and says, Samuel, Samuel. And here's what's interesting. May his voice be with you. How do you know the voice of God or how do you grow? Let me say grow. Someone say grow. grow. How do you grow? Because the Bible says that the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to Samuel. That means he wasn't born knowing the voice of God. He had to learn the voice of God. But here's the thing. He was in the place to hear the voice of God. He was lying down in the temple and he's doing what he knows to do. I honestly believe that is one of the keys to hearing the voice of God is, is because you must do the reveal, sorry, the practical knowledge and the practical word before God wants to give you in, in, in particular words, specific things. Why would God tell you something specific if you won't just do a general thing? And I've found that if I obey the general, he'll give me specifics. And if I'll obey the specifics, he'll give me more specifics over time. And then here's the thing, here's the thing. When he's silent, I just use wisdom. I don't lose my brain. I don't lose my mind and say, the Lord hasn't talked to me. Now just use wisdom. But I obey the general instruction and God gives me specific instruction. If I obey the specific instruction, how many of you would like more specific? Say me. You want more specifics, but you've got to obey the first specific instruction. Does that make sense? Samuel was obeying what he knew to do. It takes time to hear God's voice. I will say this, it takes time to hear God's voice. You've been a Christian six months. You're not a master. You're a Padawan. You're in training. 
right? And it's going to actually take you years. And listen to me, if you have the humility to believe it will take years, then you'll have a a life that's worth following and it'll be trustworthy and you won't flip out on people. You'll say, the Lord told me to do this. And you've been walking with him for three months, but he will lead you and he will guide you. Does that make sense? Revelation chapter three, verse 20 says, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, says, I will come in and eat with him. Notice this now, if anyone hears my voice, which means he speaks, but you can miss it. But then when you invite him in, what does he do? He talks more to you. So now all of a sudden, Samuel is in the position to hear God's voice. And now he listens to his instructor, his mentor, his, 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 um, yeah, his mentor figure. And his mentor says to him, lie down. And then when God speaks to you again, say, here am I. In other words, I will do what you command, Lord. Other thought when it comes to hearing God's voice is this. God's voice comes to a still heart. One of the reasons, hear me now, one of the reasons God doesn't speak to us sometimes is we're so busy doing everything else. One of the reasons that God will speak to you in moments of pain or trouble is not because he wasn't speaking before. You finally slowed down and said, Lord, you have my attention. I don't know what to do. And now God will speak to you in the pain of your life. But how many of you know I'd rather live in the blessing? So if I'll be a good hearer of God's word and God's voice in my life, I'll avoid many painful moments, right? There's enough painful moments in life that I would rather not do them by my own stupidity. How many, how many just think you need to be less stupid? Don't we all just need to just go, Lord, help me be less stupid. Stupid is, stupid does. I'm not a smart man, but I know what stupid is. Let me give you this. God is rarely asking us to do the easy thing, but the thing that would awaken faith and boldness on the inside. Hear me now. God is rarely asking us to do the easy thing, but the thing that would awaken faith and boldness on the inside, and He speaks to us to reestablish His kingdom in our hearts and on the earth. Hear this again. God is rarely asking us to do the easy thing because you're already doing the easy thing. The easy thing's easy. See, why does God have to say, hey, go to work? You're like, I'm already going to work. He has to ask you to do something you're not doing. That's why God is a God of stretch. That's why God is not a God of mother, but God is God of father. Because how many know a father goes, come on, son, you can do it. And, and mommy comes along and just goes, oh, it's okay. You're lovely. It's okay. It's, oh, you're beautiful the way you are. And daddy's like, come on, son, get up and stop crying. <laughs> and I feel like God is like, get up. and Now, don't get me wrong. Someone's going to get offended. and go, oh, I, what do you mean? I thought God was going to comfort me. He will comfort you. Yeah. But then he actually wants to make you strong. Yeah. Are you with me? What time is our next service? I need to know how much time I have. 11 o'clock. Let me say this real quick. 1 Samuel 2.17, I want to just take a few moments and then I want you to watch a video. 1 Samuel 2.17. This is speaking of Hophni and Phinehas, 
the sons of Eli, who the Bible says were useless. For the son of the young man was very great before the Lord, for men abhorred the offering of the Lord. Listen to me. Men abhorred the offering of the Lord because the Bible actually said that these men did not know God, yet they were priests. And what they would do, they would literally sleep with the women at the tabernacle of meeting. And then when the people of God would come forward with an offering, they would basically take a lot of it and they would eat it and them and their, and Eli, and they basically misused the people of God. And catch this now. And the Bible says that the, what they did in the sight of God was abhorrent. Why? Because people started despising the worship and the sacrifice and the giving of God. Here's what you can expect from Church Alive over the life of this church. We've been doing this for, not perfectly, for over 14 years now. I want to say this, you can expect clear, bold leadership. Clear, bold. We are not a church that shrinks. We are not a church that's playing small. We are not a church that just goes, oh, anything goes. No, we are a church believing for incredible things for the days ahead. We are believing that God will move and God will expand us and God will grow us. And, and we are the smallest we'll ever be. I prophesy that this house will be the smallest it's ever been today. Man, I had a picture recently on Wednesday night, our Empower Night. And, and, and man, I saw something significant. And I prophesy that we are setting up with a Believe and Build Foundation for something significant in the days ahead. Can I get an amen? At Church Alive, we give the first, we give the best, we pray to be led of the Holy Spirit, and we remember the poor. These are the ways of the kingdom of God. These are it. The other thing you can remember is this, and, and, I, and I just pray that I'll always be a leader like this, is just honest leadership. We have a board of oversight. We have a board of advisors internally. We have professional staff who run the organizational side of our church. But man, I value honesty and I value trust. And, and I have no intention of changing that. God has trusted us and blessed us too much to just start doing dumb crap. Are you with me? <laughs> Hear me now. First Samuel 3.18 says this. Then Samuel told him everything. He hears God's voice and he literally has to tell his own mentor, God is about to judge you. But here's this. Then Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. And the Bible says that God trusted Samuel because he could speak to him and he would obey. He would speak to him and he would obey. He would hear his father's voice and then he would step out and he would do it. And that is the essence of the Christian life. Can we bow our head and close our eyes for a moment? Father, I thank you, every person, within the sound of my voice. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus, if you're here today and you don't know him, you've drifted from him, I'm gonna take a quick moment before we worship God with our giving and the Believe and Build Foundation. I wanna take a moment to say, is there someone here today who needs Jesus? We're gonna pray a prayer and that prayer will lead you to a person. Come on, let's pray this prayer together. Say, Jesus, I need you. Thank you for knocking on my heart. Right now, I invite you in. Forgive me, 
Make me your child. I receive you by faith. I receive the gift of righteousness, right standing with God because of Jesus. All across this place, my heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you meant business with God and you prayed that prayer today, would you quickly slip up your hand? Say, Pastor Anthony, that's me today. Man, I, I need to come back to the Lord. I need to come back to the Lord. Would you raise your hand, raise that high? Thank you, sweetheart. Anyone else today? Just raise it up and raise it high enough for me to see it. Man, awesome, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. Anyone else today? Quickly, quickly, quickly. Raise your hand. Raise it up high. Awesome. Okay. Come on. Can we give those people a hand to raise their hand? If you want to hear more empowering messages and learn more about Church Alive, make sure to follow us on social media and check out our website at churchalive.tv. We hope to see you this weekend. Have a great week.